Ed Morrissey Show, Ed Morrissey Podcast. <laughs> the Ed Morrissey Show Podcast. Uh, you can walk, I'll welcome you to that as well. I mean, how long have I been doing this? And I, I can't even get through the introduction. I feel like Kamala Harris. Joining me, as always on Thursdays, Dwayne Generalissimo Patterson of the Universe, Master of the Universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-B-E-R-S-E.com, the troll-free web surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners. And are you in the North Universe? Are you in the South Universe? I'm just curious. All I know is we have a strong alliance. Wherever the hell I am, it's a strong alliance. There's a strong alliance between the between the North Universe and the Ed Morrissey. I'm sorry, no, between the South Universe and the Ed Morrissey. I'm not actually sure where you're at, Dwayne. I, I don't think Kamala Harris knows where she's at either. This is this was just this morning. This was just this morning. And and just just for just for giggles, I guess. For for the full context of this, before we play this this one clip, yeah, um, we we've got to go to the White House yesterday because of the White House briefing yesterday, Corinne Jean Pierre, in the middle of being peppered by you know seven eight nine questions about uh, Joe Biden looking for a, you know seeing dead people at at a, at, a, at a White House function. And her not having a good answer for it, somebody she she decided to drop some other news, and that was Kamala Harris was going to be visiting the demilitarized zone, and you, you've got to you've got to watch uh, Corinne Jean Pierre, whose job it is to do communication. She's reading off of the script. She's reading her notes of what's going on, and uh, here is what uh, Corinne Jean Pierre had to say yesterday. Uh, there she is. Hey, the vice president will visit uh, the DMZ. Nearly 70 years since the Korean armistice. Uh, the armistice. She, she's going at the side. Of, she's going at, uh, to, to the side of the armistice, right? Yeah. Well, you know, you got to you got to protect the armistice. You 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 got to protect the armistice wherever yeah. you can. Armistice. Armistice. Yes. Oh, oh, the armistice. No, she she read it as the armistice. The armistice. Yeah, yeah the, the, the armistice. So you now have um, Kamala Harris actually at the site of the armistice today. And she had the helicopters behind her at the demilitarized zone. And here is Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, one heartbeat away from Joe Biden which is scary enough of a proposition on its own. But right. here is what she had to say. Let me share this screen right here. There we go. Here is what she had to say. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. Um, how, uh, how, how, how enduring is that alliance actually? I'm not aware of there being an alliance, Dwayne, between, first off, I'm not aware of there being a Republic of North Korea. There's, there's the, there's the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, which is what their official title for North Korea is. We just call it North Korea. I think in Diplo speak, we do use DPRK. Um, but there's no. Such I think thing we call it. We call it. <laughs> we call it the Hermit Kingdom. Well, the Hermit Kingdom was actually applied to the entirety of Korea. This is before the partition. But um, but uh, you know, it, I think it particularly applies to North Korea. 
But there is no such thing as the Republic of North Korea. There is a Republic um, of South Korea. Who who who's our who's our ambassador to North Korea again? Uh, what what air, what air, what airlines fly to North Korea again? Um, is, is Dennis Rodman the, is Dennis Rodman the official U.S. travel agent to to North Korea? Well, he might very well be actually the official. He might actually very well be the official travel agent for uh, American tourists to North Korea. Um, the last one of which we know of was beaten to death. Is, or, is, you know. is, is, is Kamala Harris just, just, you know, is, is she trying to, is, is she trying to fanboy uh, Dennis Rodman? If she really wants an autograph that bad, I, I think we can make that happen without her going to the demilitarized zone and causing an international incident. I can assure you, Dwayne, that, that the Republic of South Korea was top of mind for the vice president. Top, top of, of mind. mind. I say top of mind. Top of mind. Just like, uh, just like where's Jackie was. Hey, we got to talk about that a little bit, right? I mean, that, that's, that's, I mean, this I is, finished, this I, is I, more I, or less amusing. It's, it's, it's embarrassing, but it's more or less amusing. The where's Jackie thing is, is disturbing. Enough. It's disturbing. It's worrisome enough that the national media is actually paying attention to this and actually Michael Shear and you talked you you hinted about this last night on the after yeah. show but I actually read it this morning Michael Shear has a, a he's got a hard hitting piece on uh what's wrong with grandpa um he's he's not that was a bad gaffe that was a bad yeah. gaffe yesterday yeah where's Jackie is is I think a could be could be a watershed moment um, because the the press actually woke up on this. And, you know, uh, you played the clip last night. I have uh, I have it up in, in the headlines from Grabian this morning is that the reporters were getting angry in the White House press uh, room because uh, Karine Jean-Pierre wasn't answering the question about this. And, and it's, not like, it's not like it's not like the press corps was asking for much. All the press corps was really asking for is just admit he screwed up and he's sorry. Right. And, I mean, and, and, and we'll let it go because we have nowhere to go with it after that. This this administration has never discovered the first rule of holes. Right? Stop digging. Right. Stop digging. Yeah. Just stop digging. Just say, hey, look, yeah, he had a senior moment. Who doesn't have a senior moment from time to time? Um, you know, it just slipped his mind. And and then you just leave it at that because there's not really much to go from from there. Um, but because they dug in on this, you had reporters asking for the prepared remarks. Uh so that they could demonstrate that Biden went off script, and um, and they refused to uh, they refused to supply the prepared remarks. I, I mean, they it, there's no way to come out of that looking good, <laughs> but they're and, making and actually Corinne Jean Pierre in the process of of spinning the indefensible because either she was forced to or yeah. she didn't have the political uh, instincts to just say hey. He screwed up. He had a bad day. Sorry, and and be done with it, and 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 and, and take the blow. She actually made it worse by saying, yeah. "Appreciate it worse." Yeah, uh, be, because she said, "No, no." He uh, he, of course, he, he of course knew because he we we've got it on the counter. He's going to meet with her family later in the day, and 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 you know meet with her you know the surviving members of her family. And, and I'm thinking that doesn't help the scenario for him no, saying, "Where's Jackie?" No, it doesn't, because it should have been on his mind that Jackie was gone and wasn't going to be there. But so, if you if you actually, uh, we played that cut two or three times this morning on Hugh's show. Yeah, I bet. And when you actually go back and listen to it, 
he's looking around going, where's Jackie? And then everybody's just going, oh my God, did he really just ask where a dead woman is? And you don't hear him mutter at the end, but he mutters at the end and under his breath muttering, he's like, the best I can translate it, he's like, well, maybe she told us she wasn't going to be here today. Yeah. Did, did, did you actually hear the rest of that cut? I, I think I caught it last night when you were playing it, but I couldn't understand what it was he was trying he to says, say. He says, where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? He's doing this. He doesn't see her. He says, well, may, maybe, maybe they told us she wasn't going to be here today. And I'm like, that's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's he, even worse. He, He's, he's, he's making he's making an excuse for her not being there. He doesn't have to she's make dead. it. Yeah, she she's dead. She doesn't need an excuse made for her. Yeah, the excuses, the excuse era is over. She she is not committed to showing up. She is an ex-parrot. She has yeah. ceased to be. Well, you and I are Christians. We believe that she is continuing to be just someplace else. And um uh, but certainly not certainly not in in this world and isn't going to come back to this world and she's not she, she's pining for she's not even pining for the fjords at this point no she's she's elsewhere <laughs> she is elsewhere and uh, and of course we miss her and i interviewed her once she's she was she was uh, very nice um sharp and i think republicans sharper are than sharp. biden well yeah clearly but that's not saying much it's a low bar especially low these bar. Days. But I mean, again, getting back to, you know, we can we can use this to poke fun, but really we should be using this to say, is Biden He's not up, for this, up for this job? He no, is he is not, not up, up for this job. job. And I think this is the clearest indication yet at the at the podium that this is a guy who isn't up for this job. And then I, I think I saw a clip immediately afterwards that once again, somebody had to rescue him. I think it was um, his wife. Jill. Had to rescue him at the podium because he was lost and didn't know where to go. This he had no. Guy, he, he didn't know how to. World. He didn't know how. He didn't know which side of the podium to get off on. And his wife saying, "We're going to go down over here, Joe." Uh, okay, we're going to go down over here. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Two two little steps off the podium. It was like it was. It, it was not even as high as an Olympic podium. Right. And and uh, once he got off, he just looked old, befuddled, and confused. It was a it was just like a sundowner's moment. Um, it's it's embarrassing. It, yeah. I mean, it, at We're, best, at best, it's Kamala, embarrassing. Kamala Harris is embarrassing. Biden is worrisome. Yes, and and one of the reasons why Biden is worrisome is because if we start asking this question long enough, the alternative is Republic of North Korea Harris. That's yes. that's even more worrisome. Uh, I mean, you've got non-compass mentis basically all the way through the chain of succession here. You've all, got, uh, all of the way down to Vilsack. Basically, basically, you know, the, the, the continuity of government thing, you know, you, you've got you've got Biden, you've got Kamala Harris, you've got Nancy Pelosi. God help us if that were ever. And happened. then Pat Leahy. And then Pat Leahy, who has got yeah. one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel, and and he's 104 years old. And then you start going to actually, Anthony. no, he's only 84. I was actually surprised. He's only 84 years old, he but man, he looks only old. looks and acts like he's 95. Yeah. Then you go to Anthony Blinken, who doesn't want to be bothered with the serious stuff because he still wants to cut a deal with Iran. Um, well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. 
actually. I, I, I know, because that, that deals like an ex-parent now, too, despite the, the, the Biden White House's best. And interestingly so. Well, let's talk about that right now. I mean, I think we've kind of fleshed out the other story right now. Let's go ahead and just segue into, um, into Iran. Now, yesterday, late yesterday, the Washington Free Beacon reported that Daryl Issa had been briefed on a uh, had been briefed by the White House a couple of weeks ago about the fact that there it didn't look like this uh, a new Iran deal was going anywhere, right? And apparently, it was a classified briefing for members of the House and Senate. And the Biden administration said Iran is just digging in its heels and it's, it's just not going to um, it's not going to negotiate. OK, I mean, frankly, that's probably good news, right? Because <laughs> we we think. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. It would, be, it would be better if we enforce the sanctions to the same level that that uh, Donald Trump did. Donald, yeah. Trump, Donald Trump did and, and, and got the rest of the world on board to enforce sanctions and squeezed them a little bit harder. That right. would just be grand in my book. But we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. But then <laughs> Institute for the Study of War um, raised another question, which is who's seen Ali Khamenei lately? <laughs> The, the supreme leader of Iran, the top mullah, um, has not been seen. And I mean, this is, it's not, I mean, we just went through this with Xi Jinping, right? I mean, Xi Jinping got back from Samarkand, the Samarkand conference in which both he and Narendra Modi sort of tweaked Putin publicly over the war in Ukraine. She goes back and disappears. I'm going to use that in scare quotes, right? Right. And it started all sorts of rumors that, well, maybe there's a coup in, in place and, you know, they're they're sending a couple of guys to, you know, to the executioners, which is kind of a routine thing in China anyway. We just don't usually pay a lot of attention to it uh, unless there's other circumstances involved. And then it just turns out that Xi Jinping was, you know, doing COVID isolation for the seven days after getting back into the country. Right. And I think it was on Monday he he made a public appearance and, you know, clearly there's no coup going on. Right. in china um this is different there wasn't there weren't protests in the streets in beijing while she was hiding out in a hotel room someplace this you've got massive protests now this is sort of like green all room. over the country not just over, not just tehran all over the place all over the country um women are leading this after the death of a woman at the morale at the hands of the morale morality police Taking their head jobs off and twirling them around and throwing away, saying, enough with this. Death to the dictator, death to Khamenei. Civil disobedience and just saying, I'm tired of this. Beat me, shoot me, whatever you're going to do. This has been going on for two weeks and nobody's seen Khamenei. And ISW reports that some other regime figures are starting to position themselves (laughs) for what's coming next. And ISW is saying, look, I mean, this is still speculative, but nobody's seen this guy. The sources on the ground are saying nobody's seen this guy. And they're wondering if he's either incapacitated or already dead. And you were saying um, before, we, before we started he's, recording. He's, had, he's been rumored to have cancer for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not been well. He's an old guy. You know, he's, he's not been well. He's, 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 he's an old guy. Um, and you know, if he's got cancer, you know, I my, my guess is they don't have the best treatments, uh, in, in the world in Tehran. Um, so if he is incapacitated and everybody's wondering where he is, has anybody checked the end zone of the, of, of the Meadowlands? 
<laughs> has has uh he's always going to be know. a cornerstone of this organization says uh ray <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has, has anybody has anybody checked the uh the, the, you know the the the, the cryo tank next to where walt's head is <laughs> look um and i think this may be related to why the Biden administration is kind of throwing in the towel a little bit on the JCPOA. Because there's no one to negotiate with currently. Well, I mean, the negotiators are still there, but I think they're worried. The Iranian negotiators who, are worried who, about who's, who's going to... Yeah. Who on their side is going to sign a deal and then report back to... Who are we reporting back to again? Right. They're waiting for... They're waiting for the music to stop and see who's got chairs before they're going to do it, before they're going to lift a finger in any direction. Exactly. Um... You know, we haven't even really heard much from Raisi since uh, since his actually uh, ISW ISW says he he delivered a speech that sounded an awful lot like this is the reason why I should be in charge speech. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Um, so I mean, again, didn't get a lot of report in the which, uh, which media, but if if Hamini were in full power and full control, if Raisi would have done that, well, he would have gotten slapped around internally. Uh, yes, yes. And he's because still, by because who? Because the mullahs rule this thing. So, I mean, Raisi isn't going to be the next supreme leader. It's going, well, I mean, you know, he's probably a mullah of some sort, but it's probably going to be one of the governing mullahs that would be the next supreme leader, somebody who descends directly from Khamenei. But, <laughs> but um, when there's nobody in charge, that's when things get really, really, um, get really hinky. Sideways. That's, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, uh, uh, it, it's an easy enough, it's an easy enough thing to do. All they got to do is do a, a proof of life thing. But, uh, but so far, uh, nobody's seen hiding their hair room lately. And, uh, no. you would think that Hamini, as brutal of a, of a, a thug as he has been, desperate as he's been why why haven't they cracked why haven't the goon squad uh, cracked down on this uprising like they did on the green revolution you know 15 years ago well it took them a little while with the green revolution too so i'm not necessarily sure it didn't that take means. it didn't take them that long because I, because we we gave we gave barack obama um you know we we, we gave him a, a ration over here saying you know you got a perfect chance to actually kind of use the bully pulpit and and tip this thing in a different direction and 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 foment the change that we all want and of course he wanted his deal and he let up he let everybody swing right well right. biden's doing biden's doing the same thing and that window is wide open to be able to to uh to seize the opportunity here and of course we're not doing it yeah i mean look i i i don't know how much we can do without you know tipping it over the other direction right getting a getting a bad reaction but we we've got to do better this time around and, and by the way over at barry weiss's common sense rule mark garrick brings this up right the fact that obama blew an opportunity to resolve the entire and we said so at the time you could have cut yeah. the head off the snake 15 years ago and we right. didn't even have to be the bad guys all we right. had to do is do a little clandestine Ukraine job, uh, you know, funding just aid, offer, or just offer them support, public support. Yes, saying we're support, on your side, and, and do a little and do a little clandestine cross border. Give them a little help here and there to be able to kind of you know feed the revolution stuff. Yep. 
Yep. All right. Um, which, which we have done before. Yeah, we've done it before. And um, and so, yes, I mean, it, it, we're not talking about a Mossadegh type of coup here. We're just talking about getting out in front of this. And and as Rule Mark Garrick puts it, you know, champion democracy, which is what we should have done. 13 which is, with the which is what our kind of role is, is as the, supposed to know, be. The leader of the free world, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, rec I'd, rec I'd recommend people read Common Sense anyway. It's a really interesting blog. I don't necessarily agree with all of the writers. Rural Mark Rugg is, is great. Yeah, but he's Rural great. Yeah. Well, Barry Weiss is great, too. And I mean, you don't have to agree with everything they write. It's really an interesting place to, it's a really an interesting um, substack to read. So get a chance, you know, Common Sense, it's a, I think it's commonsense.substack.com. But I've got Garrick's uh, essay linked in my post about uh, Hamanai. So you can, I, I, I don't like to excerpt a ton of stuff because I want people to go and read the source material. So I give you a little taste of it, but go over and read uh, Garrick's entire essay. It's really worth reading. Uh, you know, and speaking of ISW, um, Kremlin announced this morning that Vladimir Putin's going to sign annexation papers for, <laughs> for, the parts of, for the parts of Ukraine he's just about to lose <laughs> in a military conflict. I... I I have to say, and I wrote this this morning, Dwayne, you got to be impressed by the level of denial. <laughs> oh, yes. What's going on here? Very, very much so. This is, this, is, this is denial on steroids. When, he's, going when, to when, next, he's, he's going to announce the annexation just about the time the Ukrainian troops push, Russian, push Russians back across the border. And, and, and when it happens, he's going to pretend that that's he's going to go full Baghdad Bob pretend that's not really what the reality is I've got a piece of paper in my hand and this piece, oh, yeah. this this piece of paper says it's ours yeah you know I mean the whole point of this annexation has been lost right I mean the annexation first off I mean Putin knew that nobody was going to nobody was going to recognize the annexation um even within the Donbass so, and, so the, you know, so the only reason for this is, is to try to save face with the with with his is no no what, no no, his no oligarchs no 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 the the strategy here when they first started talking about this and you got to remember that this came up prior to the Ukrainian counteroffensive three weeks ago four weeks ago maybe now um, was to recast um, any fighting that took place in Donetsk and Luhansk and uh, Kherson. Right. Uh, as an attack on Russia itself. And the reason why is because that unlocked mobilization options for uh, Putin that didn't exist in his special military operation, right? Um, there were troops he couldn't send, uh, illegally anyway, right? I mean, as much as Putin is, you know, a law unto himself, you know, some of those constraints may not necessarily uh, be uh, total obstacles anyway, but politically speaking, what he wanted to do was he wanted to recast this, this conflict as an attack on Russia, which allows him a defensive mobilization legally. Now, that strategy <laughs> was always a little fantastical, but it got proven fantastical over the last couple of weeks. I mean, Putin ordered a partial mobilization, and what did the Russian people do? They ran what? for the border. <laughs> they ran they away. I mean, a ton of them try to stream into Finland. Well, they're trying to stream into Finland. They're going to Turkey. The EU. Get me out uh, of reported, this place. They've had 66,000 border crossers from Russia in the last week alone. 
It's staggering I mean, the amount of it's flights. It's staggering. The people are fleeing Russia, which tells you that the Western media has largely missed <laughs> what the Russian people actually think of this special military operation. They've been relying on, you know, the 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 Russian media reports to say, oh no, you know, the, Putin's got the Russian people behind him. You know, he's he's you know he's gaslighting them, but he's got them behind him. He's going to be. It's a you know this is a popular use of force bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry to make this a PG-13. It does, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, the evidence, the evidence doesn't support that. No, um, no, no. As soon as he, as soon as he announced this full mobilization, people started running for the exits and they're still running to, for the exits. To, well, and, and to the point where he had to now issue an order saying that no, no Russian national, no, no Russian uh, male is allowed male, to leave yeah. the country. Yeah. None of the males are allowed to leave the country. Some of them aren't even allowed to leave their provinces apparently and uh, unless it's for unless it's to be transported to ukraine um so so that's not exactly a position of everybody's with you no and this is the reason why i'm saying this is really a, a level of denial that is almost you know performance art the entire reason <laughs> for doing the annexation is to um is is to unlock all these mobilization options there's nobody that's going to mobilize for this people right. are going to resist this there i mean it doesn't matter whether it's legal or not now people aren't going to comply they don't even have the weapons anymore they don't have any armor anymore for these people they don't have any um trainers for these people they're literally going to truck them to the front maybe with a with small arm you know maybe a you know, AK-47 or something like that and some ammunition and say, they're go can they're, cannon they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're cannon fodder. And they know they're they cannon fodder. They're realizing that they're cannon fodder. You know, there's a there's this big blackout in Russia, supposedly Putin is controlling the information space, blah, 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 blah. Well, the New York Times had a really interesting thing last night. You, you talked about this last night in the after show about um, soldiers just calling home from the first month of the war. Yeah. Telling everybody back home, how effed up <laughs> this operation was and and, and that's and, and that's and that's before they got they, they got put on their heels this is this is right. in the this is in the opening round this where, is the key this is the kiev campaign yeah. which they actually were progressing at first and then got their asses kicked and had to well, back to they, were, they they were taking losses early on but early yeah. on in the campaign uh, quantity was a quality all of its own, and they were just overwhelming in numbers, but they were still advancing. They were taking losses, but they were advancing. But even while they were advancing, you're hearing reports from the front line that the Russian soldiers knew this was a cluster from, from, from the word go. Right, right. I mean, you put enough small arms into the hands of some of these conscripts, and they're going to turn around and start fragging their officers and start making a run back to the Russian border. Right. And, uh, you know, Right now, and ISW is also reporting, you know, that um, that Ukrainian forces are are beginning to encircle Lyman. I'm not sure if that's the correct pronunciation in English. It would look like Lyman, L-Y-M-A-N, which is a very important communications hub for the Russian occupation forces. And if I, they cut Lyman off, you're going to see another line collapse for Russia. And I don't right. care. I, I, I they keep get troops there in time. I keep I keep waiting for um, the you know the. the the pincer move by the Ukrainians and uh, 
and surrounding Odessa and get either taking Odessa back or uh, working on other spots in Crimea. No, Kherson. I think you mean Kherson. I don't think they. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I meant Kherson. Uh, taking yeah. Kherson back and 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 starting to, to reflank uh, Crimea, um, because if they if they flank around and and uh, and take the take the eastern side of of Crimea. And all of a sudden, there's no land bridge between you know the, the the rest of the concentration of Russian troops that are trying to hold Crimea and and the motherland. I mean, that's that's when things are going to get really dicey. Yes. Yeah. And Lyman, and, by the and way, and the it's, it's right is right in that it's right in that it's right in that zone. It's the supply line for Donetsk and Luhansk, yeah. and yeah, that's yeah. those are those are the areas that that Putin is claiming that he's going to annex. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> it's you know this is not going to make any difference. This is this is uh, it's a it's a demonstration of silliness on the part of Putin, and I, I think that it's it's an desperation. Is, it's the yeah, only thing he's got left. Is it's he's desperately trying to sever uh, the EU from or sever Ukraine from uh, the EU and the West uh, by by trying to scare the West into um, into backing off. And what he doesn't get is every time he pulls one of these moves is it just reminds the West even more why they need to have unity and and just what a threat Russia actually is, because I think that they were asleep at the switch for years on the threat that Russia posed. And now all of those blinders have been stripped away. The scales have fallen from the eyes. And every time Putin does something nutty like this, all it does is say, <laughs> But the more time goes on here, it's looking more and more like Putin is, is, is reminding you of, of, uh, of um, Adolf Hitler in the bunker, right? You know, yeah. you know, when, when, when. Or Tsar Nicholas II. Yeah. Neither, neither one of which is a great, is a great analogy for Putin, but yeah, he's, he's moving around phantom armies or almost phantom armies. He's pretending that, you know, that there's some sort of secret, you know, you know, double secret probation maneuver that he can pull off that will that will rescue the war for him. Uh, he's getting getting desperate. It's getting desperate. Yeah, it sounds like we might. Uh, did we lose Wayne? We might have lost bring, Wayne. There we go. You're oh, back. Uh, no, I'm just saying, you know, his great mission in life to bring Mother Russia back to her former greatness uh somewhere along the way, he's going to realize that ain't happening and no. it, it all falls apart from there for him. Well, it's because it's the, the greatness was almost always on paper. Yes. And, and even in World War II, it took the West to, to stand Russia up <laughs> on the Eastern Front. Um, and, um, and after that, the only greatness there is um, um, basically on um, uh, just nuclear. And that's the only option he's going to end up having left. And I don't know if he's... I think at the I think at the point where he starts reaching for that, the oligarchs say um, enough is enough. Um, <laughs> let's let's get out where we're be where we're only this far behind. Um, because yeah, says, go ahead. No, I was I was just saying if, if it gets to that point where they really think that threat, it, he's that's the only card he's got left. Uh, you know, you get that you get that uh, that that uh, sudden fatal uh, condition that happens to Russian autocrats of. Uh, of um, um, window vertigo, uh, um, you know, issue. Yeah, the 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 Moscow window flu. The Moscow window flu. Yes, the Moscow window flu. Mo my, my Moscow, 
Mo Moscow vertigo is going to strike Vladimir Putin. He's yeah, going to until now. He's only been a carrier. He's he might, he's 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 going to yeah. wake up. He's going to wake up at one point. You know, head head down, head down into into a you know an eight foot snowdrift. Yep. All right. So last topic, because this also just broke this morning. The Bureau of Economic Analysis put out its final estimate <laughs> of economic growth in, in the second quarter and Things it's are insane. going great it's, it's a game of inches great it's a game of inches Dwayne I tell you inflation is a game of inches and the American households are losing yards um now the top line number stayed the same minus 0.6 percent so it's still an economic contraction in Q2 and it's actually worse than the 0.6 percent it was that that is benefiting from an unusual positive trade imbalance that it should uh, yeah it it should the, be run this, minus 2.3 the, the same measure that you want to put an asterisk for in the first quarter which is still yeah. negative that it, it cuts both ways and it, it would does. actually make the second quarter worse right because i've i've made that argument right that the q1 yes. contraction was really just technical based on an unusually large uh negative trade imbalance and this is basically putting it you know sort of sort of the the bookend of that but it's still a contraction in Q2 without a doubt. But that wasn't really the big news. I'm not sure how many people are gonna, are gonna pick up on the big news, which is that real disposable personal income, which was already estimated to be down 0.6% in Q2, as you know, based off of the Q1 numbers, actually was off minus 1.5%, almost a full percentage point downward revision in real DPI. Real DPI is, how is your buying power? How much your buying power? And it's how not much. Even, yeah. How much paycheck you have left at the end of the month? Oh, that's how Joe Biden. I mean, honestly, that's what know. that's what Joe Biden called inflation. But what yeah. disposal? What what real yes, disposable? Right. What real disposable income is after you pay your bills at all your normal expenses at the end of the month? Food, right. housing, gas, whatever. All your normal bills, your payments. Uh, how much? How much money do you have left at the end of end of the month after your paycheck? And you're down 1.5 percent. Now that's a quarter. Multiply that by four. Annualize it. You're at six six percent. No, I think plus. that I think I think that's an annualized figure. I thought that was a quarterly figure. Well, it's a quarter. It's it's like the GDP number. It's quarterly, but the it's expressed in annualized figures. I believe. Um. So I mean, like the minus zero point six percent overall Q two GDP is an annualized figure. It's okay. it would be that's it. You know, it's basically times four. Basically, is what we're saying. Um, usually, the BEA expresses this in annualized figures. I'm going to assume that the same thing is true with real DPI. Either way, it's bad. And then when you look at what happened in Q one, and don't forget that by the way, these are compounding. They're they're comparative to the previous quarter. Right. It's it's on top of what happened before. Right. Yeah. That got downwardly revised from um, what would it have been? I think 7.8% minus 7.8%, you know, a, a big drop in Q1. That's now at 10.6% minus 10.6% minus in Q1. They had to go back and revise Q1. And even when you revise Q1, real DPI in Q2 fell even further. So, I mean, this is really bad. And this is not an inch. This is not inflation in impacting Americans by an inch. If you look at the year on year per quarter numbers, by the way, it's even worse than that. Let me, um, let me pull that up because I found that this was a 
real eye opener. You're you're gonna you're gonna be um, horrified by this. The year on year uh, fallback. Um, the year on year fallback was five point five percent in Q two. The year on year fallback in um, in Q one was twelve point eight percent of 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 a real DPI. income real DPI yeah, yeah. and um, that's I mean that's that's the reason why so, <laughs> so prioritizing the economy is because and, they're and, watching and their so, money evaporate and so it compounds right it was down yeah I think. Uh, Dwayne got locked up there just a little bit again, but the point was, oh, there you go, Dwayne. I think you're back now. So, so the first quarter was down 12.5. Well, year on year, right? So if you're going quarter to quarter, it was down 10.6%. I believe it was 10.6%. Okay. Yes, 10. So, so second, second quarter was what? Second quarter was um, quarter on quarter minus 1.5% year on year from the previous Q2. Minus 5.5%. Okay. So at 8% or 8.5%, that's basically the equivalent of one less month's worth of paychecks that you don't get. That's how much that affects you, right? Yep. Yep. So, or at least one month's worth of buying power. One more, one, one month's one, worth of one month's worth of buying power. So picture everything the way it is, and you having one less paycheck a year to be able to to, to buy everything. That's how much. The, well, two, this is, two paychecks. Two, two paychecks, right? Yeah. Um. So so you've got to do everything you did the year before on two less paychecks. All other all else being equal. Yeah. And 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 Democrats are going to say. We, this is this is just a transition. We're we're on our way to, b- to bigger and better things. Trust is for us. They're That's gonna get they're gonna get smashed. Every, and every time Joe Biden comes out and says, um, "But wages are up, wages are up," people are looking around, going, "What are you on? Yeah. You do you not understand that you are killing us?" You heard what Larry Summers said to the Aspen uh, or to the uh, Aspen Institute, right? Um, I'm not sure. I think I did, but I'm not sure what you're referring this to. This is just in the last 24 hours. Larry Summers. Oh, said, I have it. He he said uh, he said to this you know Aspen Institute confab um, that for 40 years we had a pretty good handle on inflation. We had it pretty well locked in. And we lost the thread on it. We we lost we lost the control of inflation exactly a year and a half ago when we passed the American Rescue Plan, Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus. He 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 was that bald about it. This is not a conservative. This is not a Republican. This is um this is Barack Obama's former Treasury Secretary, right? He's a, right. He's a, a lefty economist. But he's telling this lefty think tank, look, the wheels came off the wagon on inflation. We lost control of it. We had it perfectly under control for 40 years. And that went away the second we passed that that Biden stimulus. Yep. And it's he and, and tried to warn them about he did try to warn them about it at the time. He tried to and quiet. so did and so did every Republican. Yep. Yep. They said the same thing. You don't need it. It's not necessary. This is just Joe Biden trying to buy votes. Joe Biden trying to buy votes and wanting and wanting his name on a big handout because he That's thought right. it would benefit he thought it would benefit him politically to 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 be Uncle Sugar for for the next term. So Joe Biden bought bought votes 
but you're paying for it. <laughs> We're all paying for it with interest. All right, Dwayne, we should probably wrap this up. What's coming up on tomorrow's Hugh Hewitt show? Uh, we actually have a fairly busy show tomorrow. Uh, Tiffany Smiley, you might recall uh, somebody yeah. over at the uh, Hot Air VIPs uh, wrote a piece about Tiffany Smiley. I think that was in the really... Tropic Thunder VIP column, wasn't it? I think that was in the Tropic Thunder section. I think that's yeah, exactly yeah. right. In the, in the Tropic Thunder section, there was a piece about uh, don't count out Tiffany Smiley because that, that actually could be a thing. Uh, she's going to be on tomorrow. Another one of the uh, uh, people that Kevin McCarthy uh, featured his retreat in uh, Wyoming a month or two ago, a guy named Juan Siscomani is running uh, for office in, uh, where do I want to say he's uh, running for office? Arizona 6. Uh, he's he's going to be a really good uh, story tomorrow. Sonny Bunch is going to be on. Tom Cotton's going to be on. Dr. Oz is going to be on tomorrow. Uh, it's it's going to be a full day tomorrow. Wow. That sounds great. That starts at 6 a.m. Eastern time, 5 a.m. in God's time zone, 3 a.m. on the left coast. And if you're a member of the universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com, troll-free web surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners, you can watch the Hugh Hewitt show and be there for all of that. Uh, if you're not a member, and you should be by now, you can listen to it on the AM radio dial. Dwayne, what should people do if they can't find it on the AM radio dial? Well, that's really simple. You find a station where we ought to be on and you march in there and you get that general manager in front of you and you say, look, um, I, I don't want to be this direct about it, but if you don't put Hugh on right this very minute, I'm going to call in our strategic alliance partner, the Republic of North Korea. <laughs> I was going to say that you have to rely on the on the Republic of 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 North AM radio band. But OK, I'll go with that. That sounds good. Um, you can also ask, where's Jackie? Um, but you could, you could go in and ask, where's Jackie? Yes, you, you will probably get a lot of confused looks if you try to do that. But uh, yeah, you can do either of those two things or you can just go to HughHewitt.com. Listen to the audio stream there. Dwayne, generally some old pastors. By the way, don't forget to tune in for the after show tonight. You got one going on tonight, Dwayne? Of course, of course, of course. Uh, Bigger Sessions on Friday. That's tomorrow. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, no, I, I my guess is Kamala Harris is gonna is is gonna be right up there tonight because that that happened just in the last hour. That that's yep. fresh. That's that's real fresh content. And I'm sure there's that's not the only thing she said. Um, so I'm I'm guessing we're gonna have we're gonna have some some you know prime prime cut uh, uh, choice red meat audio to play and video to play today. Well, you know what we're also going to have is prime uh, prime choice uh, uh, Tropic Thunder VIP today because Dwayne's column will go up this afternoon. And uh, you're definitely going to want to read that. Uh, that's about Joe Biden and gas prices and the midterm elections. Why, and and why they're going back up. Yes. And why they're going to go back up. And uh, that will be coming up this afternoon, probably about the same time that the, that the podcast is going to be published. So keep an eye out for that. Dwayne Jalismo Patterson, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you again next week, sir. My pleasure. Thanks. Stay tuned for just one more message from the Ed Morrissey Show coming up next. Thank you for watching or listening to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and through the Town Hall Media Player, or you can just come to hotair.com and watch my podcast for free. However, I'd also love to have you join us as members of our vip and vip gold programs 
That allows us to defeat the stranglehold that big tech has on information and get you the best information that we possibly can. Plus, we have a lot of new value-added content coming to us from Town Hall Media uh, stars and my good friend Adam Baldwin. He and I are doing the video series, The Amiable Skeptics. It's one hour of discussion a week strictly for our VIP and VIP Gold members. Plus, we have our VIP Gold chat with Kim Edwards every Wednesday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. We'd love to have you as members. Be sure to join up. Thanks again for watching the Ed Morrissey Show podcast.